0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon, this is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business markets. My name is Kyle Rotter. Let's get a check on where the market is tracking with, well, an hour left. In the trading year the financial year of course and uh, well we are flash a attack it would seem uh going into the final hour of trade um a little bit of a dip at the start of uh proceedings but um, nevertheless it's been basically flatlining ever since then and well uh let's get a little bit of a look on well the three themes as i've uh, identified them today um and first and foremost the theme that's um, is really catching Uh, uh, our attention is, well, a flat finish. We've just mentioned that, but it wasn't so bad. The last 12 months, or at least financial year 2022, 2023, a 9.5% increase in the ASX 200, not even including dividends. So it's been a pretty wild ride, quite naturally, interest rate fears, as well as, well, a recession that just doesn't seem to eventuate no matter how much we talk about it. could all still come to pass uh, naturally, but for the time being, well, it has been a decent year for stocks, and while well, we will pick up this topic in just a moment's time, but uh, countdown to the RBA. If you do look at rates markets at the moment, basically a 50-50 chance that the RBA hikes again next week at its July meeting, taking the cash rate to 4.35%. But, um, well, I want to get straight into the stock of the day now, and of course, Lincoln Administration was in the news after le- losing a key contract with superannuation fund Hester to give a view on the stock and well, whether it's a buy, hold, or sell. June Valu from Tribeca, as well as Adam Dawes from and Partners, joined well our special host Amber Sherlock on giving their view about Lincoln Administration.
0: Link is too early to touch. Um,
1: I would say it's a sell. The margin that's been charging has to come down. And clearly, uh, with move. It's going to shaken the future forecast uh, for many other contracts. Look, it is very cheap, but it's uh, perhaps your capital is better elsewhere.
0: Certainly, Link has been
1: really, really tough lately and I guess anything in administration is obviously going to be a little bit tougher, but Link's share price over the last uh, 12 months is, is down about 50%. So, like, it's 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 really, uh, it, it's really yeah, been, been a horrible sort of year for Link and probably one that they want to put behind them. Certainly, Pexa was another one of those deals that they did but didn't actually go through through and then they've got some issues also in the UK with some fund managers and I don't know if that has been sorted out as well. So yeah, I'm agreeing with Joombe. I think uh, it's a sell and I would put money elsewhere. I think that's probably the best call. Put money elsewhere. I think that's a pretty good way to sum it up, at least the views there about link administration. Uh, Of course, down quite considerably today, off by around half a percent. And just getting onto that news specifically, it was because Supergiant Hester dropped its contract with the company uh, to provide fund administration services. It's going to switch to Grow Inc. So the impact is expected to be a $48 million hole in group revenue in FY25. Hester plans to transition out by the second quarter of FY25. Link Group has still reaffirmed its guidance for this year, and it's still paying for last year's data breach too. And you can see there over the last 12 months, the stock down by 56%. Okay, and uh, well, in further news, Medibank still in the headlines. The health insurer provided uh, provider confirmed another class action claim. This action comes from shareholders who alleged the company engaged in misleading or deceptive conduct. And that Medibank breached its continuous disclosure obligations by not telling investors about deficiencies in its cybersecurity systems. Also, Bubs Australia, it's axed as plan to produce infant formula in China for the Chinese market. The ex-factory sales under Bub's exclusive China distribution arrangements are still below expectations and continue to disappoint. Plus, holding a significant amount of inventory will set the company back between $20 and $25 million. That'll be a non-cash impairment. Its net revenue for the full year has, uh, coming from the Asian country, is expected to be at the lower end of the previous forecast. Down to ADI was also on the news. It has achieved contractual close on the $4.6 billion Queensland training manufacturing program. Downer will design, manufacture and commission 65 six-car passenger trains, which will be manufactured in Queensland. Chief Executive Peter Tompkins said the project is one of the critical links for Southeast Queensland's public transport system for the 2032 Brisbane Olympic and Paralympic Games. And that was the corporate news. Let's get to the bigger picture and uh, well, the week that was as well as well, maybe the week and even year ahead. Shane Oliver from AMP Capital is standing by. Shane, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, with all, I suppose, the concern about obviously rate rises, the impact it has on the the real that economy, um, we have seen actually a reasonable financial year for for equities overall.
0: That's right. Uh, I, I think it would have surprised many people going back a year ago that markets would do uh, so well. And don't forget, um, uh, a year ago, you know, we had a pretty rough trot through the end of June, uh, early July. We got those. Um, Very high inflation numbers released in the US and uh, markets were fearing the worst. And of course, it continued fairly rough out to October. But uh, 9.5% is a pretty good uh, upswing in the market, particularly once you add the dividends, you're up around 14%. I think the key in all of this has been that the economy has probably proven a bit more resilient than might have been feared. We've also seen, and I think this is adding to confidence, we've also seen, I think, a clear downswing in inflation globally. It's not just the US, but virtually most countries you look at seem to have passed the peak. And that provides markets with confidence that central banks are getting close to the top. So even though they they still talk hawkish, um, as long as that downtrend in inflation continues, then uh, markets sort of know that, well, sooner or later we're going to reach the top and uh, there's a good chance that hopefully we'll avoid a recession. Um, That said, I guess the question mark is whether it can continue. Um, I tend to think we're probably still in for a rougher trot. Sometime in the next couple of months, those recession risks remain high, uh, very high in Australia's case. Uh, And the markets are somewhat overbought and probably due for a a decent pullback. And we have that rough patch out to September that you normally see. Um, But on a 12-month horizon, I suspect that ultimately falling inflation and eventually falling interest rates will help markets see another positive year. Um, Maybe not as strong as they have been over the last 12 months, but nevertheless, another positive year, albeit with a few bumps along the way indeed okay so uh,
1: i really wanted to get your view on um wednesday's cpi numbers especially of course be- they will inform in some part the rba decision that comes tuesday afternoon you have this obviously sort of two sides of the argument one that um, headline figure came down well more than expected uh, but there's those signals that as well stripping out volatile items is there's a stickiness to inflation in the country um i mean how did you see the data how do you see the inflation polls generally speaking at the
0: moment well i th- I thought it was good news there's there's no way you can uh sort of you know say that it's not five point six percent um is much lower than had been expected and there's clear downtrends in uh prices uh, categories across the board you know whether it's um clothing which has gone negative furnishings um uh, you know, the the petrol price decline, you know, food price inflation looks to have peaked, um, uh, travel, accommodation, travel and accommodation looks to have rolled over, um, home building expenses look to be slowing down. Um, so those things all, I think, are unambiguously positive and they do continue the downtrend. Um, but as you say, it's uh, on the one hand this, on the other hand that, if you take out a few items in there uh, and look at the services side, there are still risks in the CPI. Uh, obviously, rents. Uh, meals out and take away. Uh, we know that utilities, electricity and gas are still going to go up from here. And that's probably what the Reserve Bank will be more focused on uh, rather than the downtrend in that headline number, uh, which is why we think, I mean, it must of it's a very close call and I've waxed and waned on this one. Um, I personally think the Reserve Bank has done enough. I think they should pause for an extended period. Um, but I'd have to say that you know, the risk is, and this is our base case, that they will hike again on Tuesday. And if not on Tuesday, then probably again in August. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a difficult call. But I, I do worry that when you look around the world, virtually everywhere except the UK uh, is seeing much better than expected inflation numbers on the downside. And that tells me that, you know, central banks are getting it under control. Uh, and they should be pausing for a lengthy period rather than talking about yeah, further rate hikes but I'm not a central banker right now uh, and the reality is that central banks are still hawkish and that includes the RBA. So I mean a note that
1: you released recently ascribed and correct me if I'm wrong a 50-50 chance of a recession in Australia um, of course in the spirit of uh, looking ahead to the next 12 months um, I mean is that the kind of risk that we're talking about that we could enter some at least technical recession uh, this financial year?
0: That's right. Uh, obviously, we're not there yet. Uh, I think if it were to eventuate, and as I say, it's 50-50 chance, uh, it would be either later this year or early next year. Um, as you pointed out in the introduction here, the, these recession fears keep getting pushed out. <laughs> They're still there. Um, I guess we should know that from history that it often takes a long time. It takes longer than expected for monetary policy to impact. But I think that is the big risk for the next 12 months that we do slide into recession. Uh, economic data has a history of being okay until it's not. You saw that through the GF or in the run up to the GFC in relation to the US. You know, people seem to be fine with their debts and then suddenly they weren't. Um, a similar story in Australia in the late 1980s, that we were fine with higher interest rates until suddenly we weren't. Um, And it's hard to know what precisely causes that trigger at the end of the day. But the reality is we have seen significant monetary tightening that is causing a lot of pain for the household sector. Uh, We are seeing tightening lending status, particularly in the US. And ultimately, these things do run the risk that they knock us into recession. So I think that's a key factor to keep an eye on for the next 12 months. If we didn't have the aggressive moves by the RBA, then I'd be far less concerned about that. But the RBA along with other central banks remain quite hawkish and they've gone further than than I would have thought.
1: And uh, last but not least, the most important question at all, are you modelling a significant jump in inflation around the March quarter next year as uh, swiftflation bites by any chance?
0: No, I'm not. Uh, I'm currently feeling very depressed because I missed out on tickets, uh, both in the pre-sales and also today. So that hasn't worked out too well, but uh, I guess that's life. Um, Only uh, 650,000 tickets in total there, which means a lot of Australians were going to miss out. But... um, I I think it is quite conceivable. You will see a lift to travel accommodation uh, in around February next year when those uh, events occur in both Melbourne and Sydney. Um, But I don't know that that will be enough. I don't think that will be enough to affect the March quarter numbers as a whole, and I certainly don't think it will be enough for the Reserve Bank to justify doing anything on the back of it. I think it would be a temporary phenomenon, um, and it would be a one-month wonder in the great scheme of things Uh, So yes, there there will be some sort of lift there, like there was with Beyonce, I think, in Sweden, but I don't think it will be enough for most people to notice it, at least in in the surrounding months, even though trying to get to Sydney or Melbourne uh, in time for those concerts may mean you're going to have to pay a bit more for that and to get back home again,
1: same thing. Well, I'm sorry that you weren't able to, to get tickets, uh, Shane. Uh, perhaps we can throw our own uh, Swift <laughs> party around February next year. Maybe even in the office, we'll see how we go. But um, I've uh, run over time. Really appreciate your insights. Have a wonderful weekend, Dr. Shane Oliver from a Capital. Thanks, Carl. Take care. Okay, well, I'm only eating into the last call now, so we'll wrap it up there. But stick around. Uh, as we like to say around here, grab a beer, grab a wine. We've got a great hour of television coming up next.